If you weren't awake before, welcome to a new episode. Stuck at home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. Me, the world's greatest cyber hacker. Uh, well, I was going to go through this whole thing. I'm sorry. And Jason now I just Smith. lost it. Jason Smith. <laughs> what happened today, buddy? You didn't, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a little thing, and I was just looking at my ready. script, and I, I, uh, it lost me. But here's where I was thinking. All right. Uh-huh. Tell me what you're thinking. You know those movies where um, they arrest the guy and they say, okay, Somebody needs to break into the Circus Circus Hotel Casino and nobody's ever done it except one man. And they're like, right. but that man is the world's greatest cyber criminal and he's been arrested and the CIA put him underground for the last 30 years. He hasn't seen the light of day. And then they bring out the guy and he like comes out and he's got like this gross beard and like the long hair because he's been in basically solitary confinement because it's like a black ops jail, right? And then he shaves it and it turns out it's Sean Connery under there and he's gorgeous. That's how I feel about this face. I, I, I just got out of the shower and I put my hands through my hair and my the sides of it cover like down to here. And that's why I'm wearing a hat right now. Not because I want to wear a hat, not because I'm embarrassed because I'm balding. It's because the sides of my hair are at, would actually get knotted in with this. And it's weird and it freaks me out. And and the only person, I the only way I think I could really justify this anymore is that if I was in like deep cover black site you know, Guantanamo Bay underground captivity. That would not have worked as a one line, but yet I can see what you were going for. Yeah. So, hi, Jason Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Do you have anything you want to say? Uh, well, I just want to say that we're, you know, we're the show that brings ex-CIA cyber hackers on the screen to yes. talk about the shows they watch and are, uh, 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 and, and we want you to watch. watch. Yeah. yeah, and we tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, and where to stream it. What's up, everybody? How you doing? This is Wednesday, is it? Right? Hump day? We it's still, we hump talked day? About yes, it is. Day. It is. It is hump day. Here, hold on real quick. I'm just giving, uh, I'm giving a, uh, just sending the link. I just sent the link. Now I'm good. Boom, boom. Pyre right. fart. Jason is back. What, what right. have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Yeah. I watched, um, this show was on. A couple years ago, and I, know, I didn't watch it then, but I kind of wanted to check it out. It was called, uh, uh, oh, I don't do know. <laughs> it's so funny. There's all this stuff going on. Deadly Class. Deadly Class. Oh, is that the, uh, is that a Spanish show? No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's American show. It was on sci-fi. It, it's kind of in that battle royale realm. It's basically about a school of assassins, like a high school filled mm-hmm. with potential assassins. Uh, and they, uh, you know, so everybody that goes there is a killer or a serial killer or in a gang. And they're like, it's like a Harry Potter for, uh, for murderers. So is it, it's like R rated? Kinda. TV like they still, there's still no, like there's no, no sex and all that kind of stuff is a little bit, but it's very violent. Um, and mm-hmm. it uses the F word, but it was on sci-fi. Um, I guess it's only got one season. It was based off a comic. It was, you know, cause I liked, you know, we've talked about it before, but I really like the magicians and I like, you know, it's one of those things It's set in high school, but it's not like a high school show. It, you know, there is all that same stuff. Like, you know, the, the, um, the, the main character, uh, falls in love with the girl who also has the boyfriend named Chico, who is, a you know, like the leader of the, the Los Fatos and then, but he's not, and, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. So it's, it was fun to a point, but, um, it turns out it's only one season and it ended on a big cliffhanger. So now I got to go get a bunch of comic books. So there's no second season. It wasn't picked up. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's the worst. I hate that. I have to check that before. I, I, I watched a movie that is phenomenal. I have to Which say. Which movie? The, um, it's called Let Them Talk. I think Let Them All Talk uh, on HBO Max with Meryl Streep. Oh, okay. I've heard about Weast. this one. Yeah, good. I mean, this is uh, Candace Bergen, I think. And I was, it's fantastic. I mean, it's like a sustained meditation on life, aging, consciousness, creativity, uh, friendship, and love, and loyalty. Mm, and good. Family. It really that's is. Really and good. then it floats through the whole movie, and then Meryl Streep is fantastic. I mean, everybody's fantastic. Good. I don't know who plays her nephew, but I felt like it was her son or something in real yeah. life. He's so good. Um, I have no idea who he is. I just made that up. And then I was watching it, and I was like, these scenes float around. Oh, this woman, Gemma Chan, I think, is uh, in it as well, and she is fantastic. I guess she was in a Marvel thing or something. 
Mm, I'll have to look her up. I feel like she was. And uh, But I was watching this movie, and the camera's floating around, and they're taking their time, and all, and the acting is superb. And I'm like, who the fuck directed this? And then it's Soderbergh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. That's that, that, I, I want to check that movie out. It is. Um, I'm going to watch it again, and I don't say that often. It was... Uh, I think it's the best thing Soderbergh's put out in a very, very long time. And he puts out a lot of good stuff. Why do you keep putting up, did you ever read I Am The Cheese? I, I, Dylan, I don't, what does it have to do with it? No, tell me, because I want to catch up. I feel like I'm behind. I Am The Cheese, I feel like sounds familiar, but you, that's the second time you put it up. So what are we going for? I just going through all the things. That's what, that's what paused me. I don't know exactly. Uh, that was the, the oh. book about the... That's the book about the kid who um, is in a mental institution and he's driving around and he's telling the story of his life to uh, um, basically you don't realize he's in a mental institution until later. It's a really old book, uh, but he's telling the story of his life and um, basically he uh, got involved in some sort of uh, witness relocation program with his parents because they were spies. And I think that's why he's bringing it up. Spies. Yep. Witness relocation. You know, it's interesting. That sounds, I, the, the title sounds familiar, but the, uh, that storyline, except for the mental institution, sounds like that a little bit like that movie Running on Empty with Judd Hirsch and River yeah. Phoenix, where they were running, you know, they were like weathermen. Where they were like running on empty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the parents were weathermen, I think, or something along yeah. those lines, and uh, revolutionaries, but, you know, blew up a building, and they've been on the run their whole life with the kids, and I don't think the kids knew. They have fake identities. Lucas Hedges is Tyler Hughes. Oh, Dylan. There you go. That's on point. Lucas Hedges. And I'm telling you, this guy was so good, I felt like he came out of Meryl Streep. Mm, nice. Yeah, I mean, I really was like, this has got to be... Well, like he was born summer. from her the way, like, Athena came from Zeus's head kind of thing? <laughs> I didn't think of that, but that's awesome. <laughs> Why I was actually talking about all this is that I, I feel like I would like to have a new sitcom to watch. Is what I'm saying. Like, I have to watch, I'm watching movies on HBO Max. You're watching old series. I'd like to have a new sitcom to watch. I feel like Netflix, you know, they have some good ones and our next guest is a writer for one, but there's not enough of these sitcoms, right? I agree. I agree. Yes, I agree. So let's bring on um, a writer, podcaster, yes. actor, comedian, uh, social media maven, yeah. uh, you know, social justice warrior, amazing yes. human being, world traveler. Host uh, of the podcast, Kind of Dating. dating and, 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 and friend. And, and friend, writer, Natasha Shandell. On Netflix, Natasha Shandell. Okay. How you doing, Natasha? You are muted, though. You look great. But you're definitely muted. because hey. I was trying not to distract you earlier, so I muted my mic, and then, ah, you'd think that I would know better. No, 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 no. Listen, it's quarantine. Everything. I thought today was Friday. I have no idea what's going on. I know. I'm also jet-lagged. I just got into Toronto oh, yesterday. Which I'm such a pussy because really three hours should not get like me, but I'm no. sitting here like dying today. I was like, I can't think. This is this is now everything is is uh, is exaggerated now. It feels like anything everything. you do. I walk downstairs. I'm like, oh god, what a day. I know. And honestly, now it's like anytime I don't get back to somebody's email, I'm like, guys, so much in life is going on, and it's really nothing going on. It's just the fucking weight. Of everything going on. That's the life of the mind. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's ultimately what it is. So, so first of all, welcome back, and very good to see you. I love, and, I love and, being on. Yes, and you're doing well? Yeah, yeah. Hanging in there, you know. <laughs> stuff is going on. Um, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> stuff yeah. is going on? Okay. Uh, Mr. Glacius, our, yes. our, our new episodes just came out, so it's been an exciting week. Um, well, let's talk a little about this. So you've been writing for how many seasons now? Uh, I just joined season two. Okay. And it's really funny because so Net Netflix is doing a, a new concept with shows. And mm. I think our show is one of the first ones, one of the first few ones that they've started this with where we, I, I was got brought on for season two. We had 12 episodes, but they broke up the season into two parts now. So now mm. they call it parts. So the first one was six episodes. And then they had a one-off crossover and then five episodes just dropped um, now this December. So it's kind of weird because you're like, is it season three? But really, I only got paid for one season. So. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Well, well, they did the very similar thing uh, with uh, Entourage in season two. We had seven episodes. We took a break and then did seven. But we wrote 14 for season two. But it was like a two-month break. 
So it seemed like it was another season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly kind of it. So, um, you know, I our, get that one. That that that. Like, I get a lot of the stuff that like you know streamers, networks, people do. Yeah. Like, why do you think they do that? Did they give you a reason? I think they do it to not pay you because <laughs> don't have to give you a bump. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because they'd have to give you the bump. And so, mm-hmm. for at least, I mean, you guys had a two month break. We didn't have a break. We just went straight, did twelve episodes, and then later they tell us they're dropping it in two parts, and we're like. Oh, so no, we didn't have a break. Like, we didn't have the break. Oh, the writers okay. didn't have the break. The oh. show had the break. Everything was written. Yeah, so that was the same thing with us, yeah. Yeah, and they ended it, uh, you know, if you're familiar with Entourage, they ended the first part of the second season right when James Cameron says he can have the job. Yep. And then they started the next one when they're living in Jessica Alva's house in Malibu. And right. he finds out it's Mandy Moore doing the part. But they made us write it all right in a row. What an amazing show. Well, listen, so is Mr. Glacius. So so now you do this, you drop it, and you said you had a crossover? Yeah, so we had one episode where uh, Netflix did this thing where all the multicams did a crossover. So we had uh, the big show appeared on ours, and, and the big show has his, had his, has his own sitcom, and so then Gabe was on... Uh, the big show sitcom. The show show, and uh, so all of them did a crossover and then they just released this like one-off crossover special. See, that's nice. And they're now. You think Netflix is looking to do more of these sitcoms? Um, I, I mean, I think they definitely are doing more. Fox uh, mm-hmm. has one uh, on Netflix, um, but they're also, you know, canning a bunch. Unfortunately, I don't think the Big Show show got renewed. Um, Ashley Garcia did not get renewed. Uh, though not at Netflix, but One Day at a Time did not get renewed. Um, but Mr. Glaces is a bit different, you know. Um, we have a huge star, Gabriel. We also have a huge fan base. Yeah, Fluffy is very huge. She- Sherry Shepard's on the show, Oscar Nunez, G- Jacob Vargas. And of our kids' stars, they're also big, Right. you know, in the kid world. Um, so Nickelodeon stars, Creed, Ciccone, um, Fabrizio Guido, I'm just, I love that you're just doing this. No, but I was going to actually say for all our stuck at homies who are listening who have not experienced Mr. Glacier at all, we just tell us a little what it's about because they can start with season one and pretend to have three seasons, but really it's It's such an amazing show, honestly. It's about um, Gabe, uh, who plays a history teacher in an inner city school, um, basically fighting for a bunch of misfit kids. Uh, And it's inspired by Gabe's own life story where he didn't... uh, you know, he felt like a misfit kid uh, and he had a teacher that inspired him to be better. And and uh, she has actually come and been a part of our show. She's in our audience every night. Um, oh, that's awesome. the reason he wears his Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 actually a wait. A, that is the reason he wears his Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. yeah it was because of her. Because she wears, I guess, Hawaiian shirts every day. And so that's the reason he was inspired to wear his like kind of Hawaiian shirt look. Yeah, it's a trademark. Um, but it's it's you know it's a really funny feel good show which is so hard to find now. Um, we've had huge guest stars in season two: Joe Coy, Franco Escamilla from uh, you know he's a huge comedian in Mexico. The Big mm-hmm. Show. Yep. Um, Gabe loves to have his friends on. Um, yeah. Wouldn't you? Hundred percent. Right. I mean, that's um, the best thing ever. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and, and it's a it's a very diverse show. It's, we love to have, you know, we have all kinds of ethnicities on the show. It's really reflective of Long Beach where Gabe grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it's super lighthearted and funny, there's a lot of social commentary about what goes on for brown and black kids. Um, like my mom was watching it and she was like, why does nobody talk about this part about the show? Like you guys are really, really funny, but it also has like a really cool, deep message. I'm like, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, right now, if you're looking for a good laugh and just no shitty heaviness, like, <laughs> right. But a good message. I think that's where it gets, uh, the cross filter is uh, people look at it and go, Oh, that guy's a comedian. He's really funny. That'll be a kind of funny, like, show. but then they don't realize that there's a little, you know, there's another layer to it. That... So, so let me ask you, you, you shot all these before all uh, quarantine. Uh, yeah, yeah. We finished shooting right before February 6th was our last day and quarantine started in March. I mean, that's, I mean, thank God. So, so yeah. you didn't, now, now let me ask you, this is like interviewing one-on-one, but was this your first uh, job on a staff? 
yeah, this was my first job. Um, Congratulations. You know, I'm, uh, I'm proud of, uh, and, and I have a hard time sometimes claiming, uh, but I always say I'm lucky that um, I, I'd never assisted before. I had never done a fellowship. Um, I got staff directly uh, on Mr. Glacey's kind of got thrown in the writer's room. Uh, and yeah, I didn't I, even apply for the show. And, and do you mind me asking, was it, was it a staff writer, a story editor, yeah. staff writer? So you yeah. had a script because that usually doesn't happen. Yeah, so for those listening out there, when how this goes, if you don't mind, Natasha, I'll just fill everybody in real fast. You go staff writer, story editor, co-producer, producer, co-exec producer, uh, producer. Oh, no, supervising producer, co-exec producer, producer, uh, exec producer. And exec producer is the top of the rung, and usually the creator is also an EP. Now, I started on Entourage, same way. It's a staff staff job you almost never ever ever as a staff writer it's a glorified assistant job technically but you know if you have something going on you get to maybe write it's very rare but you yeah. sometimes you get to write a script and you yeah had your name on a script yes uh that must have been nice so how, how was the room working and what was it like for you going in and i know you're very um you're kind of like an activist. So like the, everything you tweet about and everything you, you know, I mean, and it's like, it's so positive and it's like everything positive. So that being said, what was it like for you being who you are, walking into this room, diversification, how the room work? Let's just, just talk a little about that because we don't really get to hear about this too much. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I, I promise you and I, you know, I can swear on my mother's life that I, we just believe in it. I know, I know. But, you know because, because I, I know I, I have a positive spin to things that people mm -hmm. think I might just be exaggerating it, but truly um, the Mr. Iglesias writer's room was the best experience I could ask for. I didn't know what I would come into. I have so many friends who uh, came in as writers and uh, especially, you know, uh, people of color writers, we, came a lot of them like I said came as assistants or fellows right. from, from write like writing workshops and Disney so fellowship. One yeah, exactly. So once right. they got in the room, they weren't told to talk. I have a girlfriend who was on a major show on ABC and she was told not to speak. Um which is what, what level was she at and on that show? Staff writer she was told in the room not to speak. See I, I would just quit. Yeah. I, I would I, because you know it's your first job and you come in. She was she also came from the Disney program. She got that is so abusive. I'm sorry, and <sighs> it scarred her because she was. Yeah. Told, I have other I have other friends too. I have another staff writer friend on a really popular comedy that uh, he got he got a, he, he got blacklisted by that comedy and. For nothing. For doing nothing? For like, nothing. what What technically, what did they, you know, I'm, I'm blacklisting for, but like, what, what? I don't even remember what it was. They they said that he, or somebody complained about something. They said it was him. He was like, I swear to God, I never complained. Mm -hmm. And he, he basically got blackballed. And he was like, <sighs> where I didn't complain, like I was having a good time. Um, is this recently? I just want to ask, not like I care. I don't want to know who the person is. I'm asking yeah, because yeah. I'm wondering if things are changing or not. Like if it was before me too, was it after me too? Like I'm wondering if within the last two years. Okay. I, I just hope it was kind of before, not that any time yeah, is yeah. good, but that, that, was, that was a guy. That's a guy. Um, white guy. No, no brown guy. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. White uh, guys don't get, don't get in trouble for complaining. <laughs> And that, so that's the thing for me, uh, you know, our showrunner was, uh, was Kevin Hench is Kevin Hench and, mm -hmm. um, he still exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I got staffed, there were, there were nine writers. Um, you know, Kevin is, Wait, let's back up for a second, Tosh. How did you get staffed? What happened? So it's a weird story. Cause yeah, I, I, had a I feeling. didn't know that this was how it didn't happen. Um, I don't know <laughs> how it did happen. Right. I didn't, you had no idea how easy it was and it shouldn't have been, right? It wasn't easy because I, I it took Okay, go, tell me. You know, I, I fucking spent a year and a half writing this fucking sample and uh keep talking, like, keep going. Make it stand out. And then uh Wait, sample for all those who don't know is you're writing a sample script. Tell us, Natasha. Yeah, you write a sample script that you represents your voice and hopefully stands out of the crowd. Uh, uh because people get a ton of scripts. So Original, right? pardon? Original concept, right? Yeah, original concept. Um, and so I, uh, Peter Murrieta is is the EP on on Mr. Iglesias, and he's a, a friend of mine from outside. Mm -hmm. I did not know he was on Iglesias. 
Mm. And so I messaged him because he's sort of been a writing mentor to me once I wanted to transition into writing from producing. And so I, I was like, you know, asking him advice and it got to that point where I got the sample in a good place. And I said to him, Hey, you know, if anytime you get a chance, would you mind taking a look at this? No pressure, whatever. He goes, yep. Whenever I can, I will. Great. Didn't hear from him. And I just, how long? Many things. Like a year. Right. That's what I, the first thing in my head was a year. I say the same yeah. thing. It, like you and I are very close, you know, off camera. So it will be less than a year. But like most, I say like, yeah, I'll get to it when I can. And it might be a year before I remember it, by the way. So go. That's, that's, I love this. I mean, it's the same thing with me. Cause like yep. now people send me stuff. I'm like, I promise I will get to it. Um, Not saying when. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I did do in the meantime was like, when I found out he was on season one of Iglesias, I was watching the show and I was like, actually really liked it. And I was messaging him like, Hey, great. You know, love this show. I used to be a dance teacher. I felt a connection to the teacher character, all that stuff. Um, randomly out of the blue, yeah. I didn't know anything that there was a season two, nothing. I know nothing. Right. Peter just sends me an email going, um, you know, do you, uh, are you available for breakfast with Kevin Hench and I next week? And I said, uh, who, in my head, I was like, who's Kevin Hench? Right, but uh, out loud, you said. And out loud, I said, <laughs> sure. Uh, but he didn't tell me what it was about. So I was like, okay. And then I, right before this breakfast, my manager at the time was like, do you think it's an acting thing? And I was like, I, I don't think so. I have no idea what this is about, but I'm just going to go with the flow. And so I just, and by the way, also side note, couldn't be more appropriate breakfast. Like yeah. everybody knows another person coming. Like I'm digging all of this, please continue. So then he goes, I go, I just, before I go, Hey, Peter, anything I should know about this breakfast. And all he said to me was, you know, be funny. People forget to be funny. <laughs> and I'm going, what is this about? And I was like, okay. So I just decided I'm going to like, I was literally like, I trust Peter. He wouldn't throw me to the wolves. So I just went and I didn't prep anything. I the best uh, way to go, honestly. I mean, unless you can, you know, okay, go on. Sorry. I had already watched the show. So I was like, I, I knew the show. I didn't know that was about that. So I just went in, met Kevin for an hour and a half. We didn't talk about anything. My sample has a bunch of, as you now know, I'm a social justice type of person. I'm very into yes. politics. If you follow me on Twitter, I apologize in advance. And so uh, my 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 pilot is Natasha on Twitter. I'm going to stop you. I'm actually a transformer hiding in a human's body. My name is Brownimus Prime, right? Did I get that right? Brownimus, right? Brownimus Prime. Just because I said it doesn't make the wait the uh, true. Just because I said it, it doesn't make it true. LSS. Who gives a f what Rand Paul says? I don't know what any of that means, but you're funny. It's, a, it's trying to say a long story short, who gives a fuck what Rand Paul says. Okay, um, yeah, but I get that. Okay. At a, at a Senate hearing today was saying that the election is rigged. And I said, who gives a fuck? Who gives Still a fuck? Dylan Riley on point again. All right, please continue. So hour and a half, you're being funny, you're talking, you, yeah, you don't know, you didn't prayer. And I didn't know Kevin's into politics. And my pilot is about a conservative Indian American, which is not me, but I right. wrote about it. And, and she's kind of racist. And so... Finally, halfway through us talking about politics, he goes, so the sample that you have, I mean, is it you? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, and, and also you read my sample. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that, right. Yeah, okay. I told you. Good to know. So then, you know, we started talking about that. Still didn't mention a job or a position or nothing. And it ended. And like an hour and a half later, it ended. And I was like, Who about breakfast? Yeah, breakfast. And no, who bought breakfast, I'm saying? He did? Oh, oh no. Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Oh, so the other guy was there, too. So it was yeah, Kevin and-, and... Kevin were both there. Okay. Um, and so that's it. And I literally went home. Peter texted me, said, you did a great job. I said, I have no idea for what. Awesome. Cool. Did you say that? No, that was me in my head. Right. <laughs> you just said, awesome, cool. I was just like, cool. Still not knowing. And by the way, not asking. Not asking, not knowing. I was like, I don't want to know and jinx anything. Just mm -hmm. kind of go with the flow. By lunch, I got a call saying, um, hey, we'd like to offer you a staff writing position on the show. You got to close the deal by end of day. You're starting on Tuesday. And that was Thursday before long weekend and Labor Day long weekend. And I started on Tuesday. How and great is that? Very luckily, 
I was speaking to a lawyer because just a couple months before I had tested uh-huh. for uh, Mindy's Never Have I Ever for a series regular role. Right. So one of the main characters I was runner up for. And so I had a lawyer negotiating that deal. So I just happened to have one on deck. And I that was just like, happened. This is all how the universe works. <laughs> and they did. And they did. And you know, the cool thing is I have, I have one thing. I'm like, listen, man, your managers, you like your reps and your lawyer got to be older white guys. Cause, <laughs> cause you guys run the business in a different way. You know what I mean? Cause of course my manager who at the time was this like, Oh, it was a Brown guy. He was uh-huh. like, you know, you'd be lucky if they pay you this amount of money. And I was like, damn, that's fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's shit money. Yeah. Um, like it, you know, it was like half of what a, like a regular staff writer would get. And I was like, that's a bad Wait, break. They, they're saying it'd be lucky if you made like 1700 bucks or 18 or 2000 bucks a week. That's what he was saying. It's 2000. And I was like, get the fuck what? out of here. He said, you'd be no offense to anyone, but that's ridiculous. They, I mean, well, that's not even writer's guild. They can't I mean, pay you that. That's what I'm saying. So that's what right. he said. Like you'd be lucky if you got that. And of wow. course, uh, I guess Netflix did try to lowball a little. They tried to get me for 75%, but of course, Nice 75% is Writer's Guild minimum, though. That's what they did. No, it's not Writer's Guild minimum. That's what they try to get it to be. But Writer's Guild minimum is supposed to be, like, that's like some diversity pull that they try to make. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. And so then, again, my lawyer was like, no. Or yeah, no, no, no. The normal rate. And then right. they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. And so, of course, I was like, oh, my God, thank God I had older white guy negotiating my deal for me. (laughs) What would have happened? I would have just been a fucking poor kid. Well, I'm actually interested in what would happen. First of all, let me be clear. When we say that's ridiculous or shit money, Natasha and I mean for this business, our business, we realize, and I'm not going to speak for you. I realize, but I know how humble you are. That, that any amount of money, like 2000 a week is great money. If you can make it just not for our business, it's shit money for our business and the hours you have to put in. That's all I'm saying. That and the fact that, I mean, there is a standard minimum, like you are part of a union and there's a minimum. And if you're going to give somebody half of the minimum, you're basically saying you don't value this person. Um, How do you even get away with that, by the way? But yes, to everything you said. A lot of people wouldn't know. I mean, my manager, my old manager would not have probably argued. He would have taken the deal. But again, old white guy, often And then the next thing you know, you're in the WGA. Exactly. You're getting paid for your script. Yeah. And it's a, and that's, a, by the way, that's an extra bit of money. Yes. And that's the beautiful thing. If you're trying to be a writer, one thing is, you know, is if you get the staff position, it's the same way, right? If you write a script. Yeah. You, get a, you get a fee. The only thing that we don't get, oh, we don't get the script fee. A staff writer does not get the script fee. We get the residual. Which is what sucks. And I think now WJ is trying to change that. That this, it's Assistants even get a strip, uh, script fee, but staff writers don't. I, I got to tell you, I had my, I did, same as you, season two, Entourage, I had my name on one script with Doug, and, yeah. and we split the 36 grand. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I didn't know, but I guess it's a white guy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, that I remember they fought and they were like, oh, the, there's a rule that staff writers don't get. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, like the room overall was amazing because Kevin made it very inclusive. Like I That's got, right. like I actually spoke, um, when it was, <laughs> you were allowed to you speak know? in the room. Yeah. Um, I contributed a lot of ideas. I have scenes that have made it, uh, major scenes through the, the episodes. Um, of course I got an episode, but also Kevin was very encouraging. Like he has two young daughters and, and especially for somebody like me, um, I talk about this a lot very openly. I think he noticed with me that because you know I come from an Indian background, we're a little, we're always taught to be humble. We're always taught to be quiet. Like, don't fucking instigate anybody. You Is know, true? don't stand out too much. Really? So while I'm contributing, I'm also trying not to stand out too much. Yeah, be too much of anything. <laughs> You know, so like, and I mean this, especially for writers, like I knew coming in, I never talked about my performance background, never talked about my podcast, nothing. That stuff came up because other people said it. 
Um, but you know, you come in fully covered, you're making sure as a girl, you look a certain way and people take you seriously. And, and he would always notice that little polite Canadian me was always apologizing for things I didn't need to apologize for. And, uh, and once I remember he stopped me Mm -hmm. and something about like, I stepped on his shoe or he stepped on my shoe and, and I said, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no. He's like, Oh, I just stepped on your shoe. And I said, Oh, sorry. And he goes, I stepped on your shoe. And I was like, Oh. And so he was like, stop saying I'm sorry for things. And I was like, okay. And, and I remember when it was my episode, he was very insistent on me coming and sitting in the front with him through rehearsals when it was, you know, during tape days, he actually made it a point and uh, Jody Hahn, who was our director, made it a point where they were like, if Natasha says, like, there's a note, you take that note. And Kevin said, like, treat her like you would treat me. And that meant a lot to me as somebody, you know, coming up. And he would always tell me, he's like, you deserve to be here, just like everybody else, like, even though you're the noob and you know, staff writer and all of that. Nobody ever made me feel bad, but right. he just would notice that, that sometimes I was like, felt apologetic about being there. Um, and he was, you know, he very much would tell me uh, that, that I deserved it and, and that I deserve to be there as much as anybody. And, and that meant a lot to me, you know? Um, it's huge. I mean, and also hearing this story, it's just great to hear because this is not the norm, unfortunately. No. In so this guy, Kevin is a real, real mensch. Yeah, he's great. And again, yeah. I think it's, you know, he has two daughters and he understands what that's like. And, um, he always sort of noticed that with me. Um, and I think he always just sort of, he's a, he's a great advocate in general for anybody, um, on the show that, that did a good job and contributed, um, very generous yeah, person. I mean, he gave our assistants a script. Right, so Dylan, Dylan Riley says, sub-minimum, we're getting back to that statement. Yeah, yeah. Sub-minimum wage is usually reserved for people with disabilities. Is that That's true? I mean, I, I'm sure, like any any kind of minority. It's messed yeah. up too. No, it's it's part, and and Dylan would know he he worked. That's what what his job was for a long, long time was working with. Us. It sounded like he knew when he wrote it. You know, it sounded very official. Like, and that's, a, that's a, oh wait, but let's get back yeah, to the sounding the really amazing. official is also Dylan's job. So don't don't take that. <laughs> um, let's get back. Did you say that Kevin gave his assistant a script? Yeah, both the assistants. So our script coordinator oh, and so our writer's cool. assistant got the finale. That's so cool. Yeah. Yes. And everything was outlined first, right? Yeah, we outlined everything. Um, all of us sort of worked on all the episodes together because we had such a tight time frame for this show, which is, I think, a little bit different than a lot of other shows. Um, so we really all had a hand in every episode. And then, of course, we got our own um, episodes that we were like sort of leading uh, the charge on. But uh yeah, so I have a weird, really awesome experience, and everything after this is probably going to be shit. <laughs> nah, it's all going to be good looking up. And by the way, so how's the podcast going? Tell us, uh, kind of dating, on yeah, Apple, Stitcher, I'm, Spotify, right? Everywhere. Yeah, kind of dating is going really well. Uh, you know, it's you guys know this. Podcasts are a lot of work. They are yes. so much work. Yeah, people, they go, I'm going to Try having a co-host. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's a lot of work, but it's going really well. I think the one thing is, like, I'm so over talking about dating through COVID. Like, everybody's right. to me is, I'd love to come on the show and talk to you about dating with, through COVID. I'm like, no! Yeah, that's all we do. Right. I'm going to talk about fucking FaceTime dates. I don't care. Well, I think this is the thing now. It's no longer called dating during COVID. It's just dating now. Either that's you're dating true. or you're not. And now, you know what? There's going to be a vaccine and everybody's like, I think our episode, the one you were on, is going to be uh -huh. way more relevant because we're going to have a vaccine soon. And you came on and we were talking about sex after quarantine. Right. Everybody's going to go batshit crazy. They are. I mean, you're getting this vaccine, right? As soon as you can. I'm 100% getting it. Yeah. yeah. I don't Do you shit. have any of these people what? like, are you getting the vaccine? Like, it's a question. Yeah, I don't give it. I have no, I have no weird issues about vaccines. I'm like, yeah. just fucking dope me up. I don't yeah, know. go ahead. Stick the needle in. Any medical procedures done to me? I'm like, who gives a shit? I'm going I'm with good. that. I'm going with the gra the, the delayed gratification approach. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to edge. I'm going to edge the vaccine. 
I, I might go until nobody's fucking arm falls off, and then it's fine. But 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 really, we're gonna have to wait some months. So by the time it gets to us, it's gonna be fine. No, you're gonna have to wait some months. I'm a white dude. <laughs> this is true. We're gonna get the vaccine. We already have a truck outside. They're just waiting. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. We don't have anything. But it is it is kind of it is kind of amusing though, isn't it? That like this is a conversation that human beings are having. Like, are you gonna get the vaccine? I don't really wanna get into that, but I just find it kind of amusing. Like, what if you you know you wanna stay home? And that and like I have friends who are anti-vaxxers and Mm. and I just find people to be very funny. Like one of my girlfriends is an anti-vaxxer who also believed that she would be like, don't get the COVID test. Don't get the COVID test because you doing the test, they're going to give you COVID. Oh yes, that's like, the goal. Oh my God, you're a conspiracy theorist. I've done it seven times. They've all come negative. Yeah. And I just did one again, so I did it eight times. <laughs> and I'm like, and she was like, well, how did it go? Like, I don't have COVID. I'm negative. So I guess they're not giving it, are they? All eight times they didn't try to give you COVID. It's weird. Um, but, the, you know, there are also the people who, if you notice it, that, like she is like, well, if I get it and I die, like that's life. And I'm like, oh, okay, then why are you taking 18 million vitamins to keep your immunity up? Why don't you just fucking walk out on the street and get hit by a car? <laughs> like, then what's the point of anything? Like, People who are just like, oh, shit happens and you know, I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, no, that, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work at all. Shit happens. Okay. Uh, you know what? Don't, I'm not going to digress into this because I started it. So I'm going to, I'm going to finish it. I'm not going to let you digress with me and yeah, bring no. you down. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing fine. I want you, you're doing great. I want you to stay right where you are. <laughs> so we got Mr. Glacius, which is out now on yeah. Netflix with the crossover. Uh, the crossover is separate on Netflix, but our last our five episodes for this season are out. So we'll find out in January. If we get ready. Right. Fingers crossed. And um, so they're out now. Kind of Dating is available everywhere, right? You're doing new episodes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have all new episodes coming out um, all till through the new year. Really great episodes coming. You got to come back. Uh, whenever you want. You know, I'm, I'm come back. We're reciprocal. Yeah, of yeah, course. Whatever you want, I'm, I'm in. You just um, tell me. So we got it on everywhere, right? Stitcher, Spotify, yeah, Apple, everywhere you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram. We have some fun shit there. At Kind of Dating? At Kind of Dating across the board. I love that. Jason, you have anything you well, want to add? I just was wondering, I um, yes. what's it like dating and during COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Jason's in a mood today, apparently, Natasha. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Are you going to answer? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why I asked that. I just, I, I just had I to. Know why. I do too. Cause I'm annoying today. Um, I don't have any, my wife won't talk to me today. Cause she's like, doesn't feel good. She had a big busy morning. So I think yeah. I just need to tease somebody. Natasha's the best. She is the best. Um, I, I, I see here. One thing I wanted to, to say, Natasha, is I applaud you. I know that we're not doing all the political stuff, but talking about some of the things that you talk about, even on Facebook and Twitter, um, has inspired me a lot and taught me some things. So one of the things Natasha has been talking a lot about is, is sexism and racism kind of mixed together. You know, how they, how, how we talk about women, uh, you're pretty for a Brown girl kind of stuff. And I, I mean, it's really impressive how she engages with people, how she talks with people and, and hopefully people understand. I hope everybody's not being a dick. Do you generally get good response from that or do you end up fighting with a bunch of dicks? No, I do, I do. I did notice that, you know, it's, it's silly. I'm not, uh, I'm not famous at all, but uh, as things go viral, you get trolls. Um, and so I, I'm a bit of a dick back sometimes where, you know, somebody will try to think that they're smarter than me. And my one thing is like, I'm a lot of things, but I know I'm smarter than most people. Right. <laughs> Straight up. So I'm very like, well, let's check ourselves. <laughs> But then, but I've also learned that some people just want to engage you and there's no point. And so now I've also learned, like, it actually just makes me laugh when, especially when I get like radical Republicans all pissed off on Twitter for saying something, it, I crack up. I'm like always showing my friends. I'm like, look, I got them all mad. Yeah. 
I spent I, I spent um, some of the summer and up through Thanksgiving or uh, Halloween trying to like engage and learn and understand conversations that I tried really hard, but eventually you crack because you just have the same dumb conversation over and over again, and uh, you, you, there's no like, hey, I'm going to make you understand because if they you, they don't want to and no nope. and unless they want to you can't. Um, but I applaud that. Uh, it actually just helps me get to thinking and understanding even my like deep seated biases. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, and I, I hope that it helps. Yeah. I would say the only one thing is like, I get a lot of uh, anybody who disagrees for some reason likes to go to name calling. And that's one thing I do not do no matter what, if, even if I get the worst trolls and I've, I've had people say all kinds of shit to me. Um, I won't call somebody a dick or a racist or an asshole or anything. And they'll call me, you know, they'll be like, you fucking twat. I'm like, I prefer cunt. Say cunt. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you, you know, what? if you ever need to engage a, uh, a bag man, like a social media bag man, let me know. And you can have my daughter. She's, she's banned again on Facebook because she just, the minute somebody does something like that, she's like, fuck you, bitch. I'll kill you. <laughs> I know. That's what I go through on the inside, but I'm like, don't, yeah, that she'll get. Let her get her Facebook status uh, uh, suspended for us. That's, what we, that's why she's the bag man. She's our wolf. Yeah, she's Ray Donovan <laughs> patrols. Right? That's what I'm saying. I just block everybody. And this is how it, I, I, my philosophy is: if I blocked you, you never happened. That's right. I forget all about it. Really good for your mental health. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's really mean. Block. <laughs> I was blocked by the people who are trolling me. I'm like, you were trolling me, and I got blocked. I'm like, what? You had an answer back. Right, they won. Blocked you. <laughs> I know. And then I sh showed that guy getting blocked. I'm like, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I know. I curse a lot. No, that was really <laughs> funny. Natasha Shandell. Everybody. Check her out. Instagram kind of dating podcast. Mr. Iglesias season two slash three episode. Are you 304? I am 303. 303. Very good numbers. Yeah. Look that up. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Natasha Shondell. This is great. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Natasha. I love it so much. So cool. She's the best. I mean, She's honestly. Absolutely it, the best. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I could have kept talking to the rest of the show like we do with Alex, but I want to talk about some content. So I figured. Let's talk about some content. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Minute. Yeah, in a minute. I mean, speaking of dating, whether in COVID or not, you know. Speaking of dating. I, my, um, my, yes. uh, my mom always used to tell me, no matter what you do, you better be wearing clean underwear, just in case you get in an accident, right? If you're going to date, I don't care if it's online. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's driving. I don't care if it's your mom driving you to your date. A la Daniel LaRusso, Karate Kid, uh, to go to the, the the putt and play down in Torrance. Why did they drive all the way to Torrance, by the way, in that show to well, go to that that place? That that I'm place supposed to know that. <laughs> it's supposed to be around the corner. You know? Yeah, that's the Magic Castle. They must not have been able to get access. I guess that's the whole reason. Like they couldn't get access to the Magic Castle, and so they had right. to drive all the way to Torrance. Okay, that's exactly right. Anyway. See, those are the kind of things, like, if you are on your way to an imaginary uh, waterslide park slash putt-putt in a movie or in real life, and you find out that you can't go to the one you want because they won't let you shoot there, so you have to drive all the way down to Torrance, and there's traffic, and you don't have clean underwear, and you get in a car accident? Holy shit. Exactly. Literally. literally. Yeah, literally. And you know what would save you just a little bit of softness, a little bit of comfort on that drive all the way down the 405, or if you're going to take the 5, whatever you want to do. Me undies. This is a big deal because if you are not comfortable, and by the way, even if you think there's no traffic right now, you're sitting in your car, there's traffic. The quarantines, there's still traffic going on. People are not, not out. And you're sitting in your car. Why would you not want to be the most comfortable? And no one's even saying, it's not like you, you know, you can't, if, if you like Uggs, you can't really wear your Uggs into a meeting. But imagine if this was like the Uggs for underwear. Uggs mm -hmm. for your nether region is what me undies is. How's that? Yeah, That's really exactly good, right. Exactly. So you get to wear your Uggs into meetings, really, and they're just called me undies. Yeah, and they keep. Go ahead. Oh, the only thing I would say is Uggs are—they're kind of ugly. They're, that's why they're Uggs. <laughs> but they're comfy. But they're comfy. Me undies are sexy as fuck, man. They really and are. Comfy. They are. They're yeah, sexy. I don't, I don't care. You get Baby Yoda over there. It's still sexy. It's a little sexy, Baby Yoda. Listen, I, I got sushis on them. Those are sexy. I got little sushi. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen the sushi ones. No, I haven't. 
Oh, I got a little sushi on there. I'm telling you, the, the whole the whole thing. By the way, Christmas up. I think are we still at the deadline now? Can you order now and still get stuff for Christmas? Yes, you can still get stuff for Christmas. See that? If you forgot a thing, if you get just jump online, meundies.com, offer code stuck. It's gonna get you right there. Buy the, the membership, it's free shipping, $19.99 a month for the membership. If you want to do that, by the way, do that for yourself. Give yourself a present. Give your nether regions a gift. I'm telling you. Jason. I'm just thinking about it right now. I'm sitting in my dinosaur meundies right now, and I'm just trying to kind of see this move. This isn't. Yeah. This is just me just kind of easing into my meundies. It's like, oh, do you need to go to meundies.com and use offer code stuck right now so you could be soft as me? <laughs> meundies.com offer code stuck. And thank you for letting us pay the bills. Thank you. <laughs> All right, shall we? Yeah, let's talk content. News? I want you to tell me a little bit of content. We haven't done a lot of content in a while. Let's do some content. Talk to me. All right. Well, I watched a really... All right. So so do you want to start... Or you want, I watched some weird stuff. Interestingly, I have found there has not been a lot of good news stuff. Or any, really. It's there haven't been a lot. There hasn't been a lot. So I watched this uh, Errol Morris who did the uh, uh, Wormwood on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a documentary on Hulu now called My Psychedelic love affair Uh and it is about uh this woman who was this 18 year old girl who ended up being uh timothy leary's i don't think they ever got married but it was his you know his soul love and he gave her power to speak for him and this documentary it involves the cia it involves a group of drug dealing uh hashish moving from afghanistan to uh laguna beach surfers called the brotherhood of love these drug dealers and his, you know, that's Timothy Leary's brother-in-law. And this thing is, it spans the globe. It's pretty, pretty fucking good. I have to say, that's all. If you want to see something interesting, that's not all just about acid and Timothy Leary. This is a nice glean into what the hell went on. And it really does feel like the uh, CIA might've been involved in this a little bit. Really? Yeah. What part of it feels that way? Um, The part of it where they managed to trap him in Afghanistan and bring Timothy Leary back to Los Angeles and how the DEA went about doing it and how, I mean, it, it, it almost suggests at one point that this, this Patricia woman could have been a plant. Interesting. Yeah, and without even her knowledge, like she was manipulated by, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, of events, you know, uh, it's not progress of events, but there's a certain chain of events yep. that, that happened and it was like she was with and she's with arms dealers the names and she's 18 by the way mm-hmm. and the names she's got a step-grandfather who was, this is so she gets taken by this arm dealer to uh keith rich not keith, yeah keith richards and he's with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's like oh you must meet timothy leary and i was like there's a certain amount of people that told her this she was in this circle already because she was young and hot and, you know, she was being involved in this circle. And now she kept feeling like her life kept putting her towards this guy, towards this guy. It's very interesting. That's what I'm saying. It's actually implied in there that she might have been manipulated by the CIA mm-hmm. to uh, get into Leary's life so they could use her to move him where they wanted to. That sounds really interesting. I This is one of those ones that I do really want to watch. Timothy Leary was somebody who's kind of... Uh, you know, obviously a folk hero in the, you know, in the, the, the drug scene, um, but that I never really read up on. I just knew he liked acid and he looked kind of cool. Um, but uh, somebody that I always, you know, I, it was more like, like I never got around to reading. Like I read the beat poets, right? I got, I made sure to get through Howl and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff, but I never really, you know, did my research on him. And I, I am very interested in this, this documentary. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a Harvard uh, psych, uh, psychologist. And uh, one, of the, one of the greater minds we've had, and he'd started doing experiments with LSD, got uh, asked to leave Harvard, and that's where he went off on his own and, and started, uh, he wrote a book, which is like had a trip with a guy to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I mean, this guy is one of the premier brains we've had floating around this planet. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a cool show. Unwitting agent, Patricia, Dylan Riley said. Yes, everything's very official with Dylan, you're right. <laughs> Unwitting agent, Patricia. Yes, very well said, Dylan Riley. <laughs> really was, though. I'm not lying. Like, the I am cheese thing, I was like, what are you doing? I'm annoyed. That's not on point. Everything else, like, I said one thing. He has been so on point since then. Like, I feel like, Dylan. Right. It was on point there, too. He's still talking about my joke. I just didn't put it up fast enough. That could be. Okay. Dylan, you know what? You've been on point four for four, though. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, look, at it. look at this. He's just trying to tear you down. I'm just trying to bring you up, Dylan Riley. It's all right. It's all right. No, I was trying to tear you down. 
That's fine. I'm just kidding. I like Dylan. Oh. I mean, no, I'm kidding. I don't want to tear anyone down. I, I love people. That being said, she was an unwitting agent. That's what she claims. She's not. She's had a fucked up life, by the way. Just watching her, she is a compelling character in and of herself. Really? Yes. And she reached out to Errol Morris. Her life is like one of these things where, and the names of the people, you have to watch this, Jason. I recommend this highly. This would be on a must-watch for sure. All right. So I ha- speaking of a must-watch, yeah, go, um, what do you got? I'll do some news, but this is a content news, all right? What? This is according to this. Okay, I, so I found this article. I wanted to talk to you about it earlier, and this actually kind of drives me to it because we talk about content, and uh, this is one of those things. So uh, this is the top 10 movies of 2020 according to everyone. Um, and I don't know who that what, what, what that does actually that mean? Who published this? That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, we rounded up the top. Uh, we did a spreadsheet and all who's that. Stuff. Um, who, who, the, this is something I found on Dig. Okay. Um, the method all, and here's the methodology. We wish could say uh, was a super fancy algorithm that combed through the internet and did this. But the truth is that the entries uh, combining was a human editor calculations performed on an Excel spreadsheet, uh, ranking everybody's uh, ratings for these movies. So. Um, we don't know, but it's just as this, well, let's just assume this is the top 20 movies according to everyone. Okay. Everyone. Go everyone. Ahead. And I have seen, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil this for you. Actually, I'm going to let you guess how many of these movies I've seen after. We okay, good. Let's list. do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Cause I think I might be able to guess. All right. Martin Eden by Pietro Marcello. You did not see that. I did not see that. Did you see that? What? No. Do you even know what this movie is? Not at all. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, you're one for one. You are correct. Okay. Let's go. Uh, Two. All right. All right. So, let me or just- 19, up. right? We're going down. So, yeah. Top number 10, 19. So nine. Number nine. We're just doing top 10. Nine. Oh, top 10. Okay. That's it. Go. Dick so Johnson. That was the top 10? Sorry. That was the top that, that was 10? number 10. That was number 10. Okay. Go. Martin Eden. Uh, uh, it's a film of some sailor, naif. I don't know. That sounds like a foreign film. That is not an English language film. I can almost guarantee you. Dick Johnson is dead. Know nothing about this. Uh, hey, following the way, you, you didn't camera. see it either. Uh, no, I, I no, I did right. not see this movie. That's number two. That's the ninth best movie. All right, eight. Nomad Land by Chloe Zhao. You and I both. We've we're three for three. We have not seen any of these. I've not seen it. Right. I've not seen it. So right. the three of the top ten movies of this year, according to everybody, I so far have not seen. Um, okay. This one is um, going to be released in theaters and VOD next February, so I don't understand why it's on this list, but it was probably at some, you know, some festival. Time by Garrett Bradley. We both didn't see that. No, neither of us saw it. This is a, an Amazon official movie. Uh, watch it on Prime. Uh, but no, we did not. David Burns, American Utopia, directed by Spike Lee. That I know, and I know we both didn't see. We both did not see it. Right. I do like David Byrne. I am not as big a fan of Spike Lee. I am not uh, a fan at all of Spike Lee. So I have not seen that one, uh, but I have, that's the first one on this list that I've heard of. And I remember coming out. Oh yeah. Right. By the way, we're, we're at the same place. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So that's number six. So Jesus. we really didn't get a chance to really watch a lot of the, 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 the expert cinema of this year. The next one is called Bakaru by Julian Dernalis and Clever Mendes Mendonca Filho. And I'm okay, sorry so if no, I know I blew that. No. No and no, we did right. not see this movie. But Bakurau, Bakura, 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 And I apologize for that too. Those are yeah. unintentional mistakes. No, we're not right. meaning to make like we just are trying to pronounce it properly, which so we're that's, not aware of. So that's six. That's six movies we have not seen together. All right, rarely. Oh, it's called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always by Eliza Hitman. Yes, that I have heard of. Um, this is, and we both have not seen. I have not seen it. I had not heard of it until I read this. is about a, a girl who is from rural Pennsylvania who goes to New York to get an abortion. Yes. Yeah, I, I've heard of it and uh, have not seen it. And right. I know you didn't. And by the way, just hello to Ghana. Hi, Law, Ati. Ghana. I like Ghana. I just want to say. Maybe they've heard of these movies in Ghana. <laughs> okay. Collective by Alexander Nanu. Um, I have seen uh, this on iTunes, and I chose not to watch it. <laughs> so you've seen it. You know that it existed. Yes, you I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not watching this, and people dying in a club or whatever it is, right? Something like that. Yeah, here it is. Uh, a rock Club in Bucharest named Collective. Yeah, I was already out. I was yep. like, I'm not, no, I want no part of this. All right. Yep. All right. Two. So, number two. Number two. First Cow by <laughs> Kelly Reichardt. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's again, no and no. No, I've not seen this uh, in a year defined by shock of a society forced to pull itself apart. First cow magnifies that exact feeling. Set in the Oregon Territory circa 1820, uh, Reichardt's adaptation of Ray, uh, Raymond, John Raymond's novel, The Half-Life, uses the particular bond of a wandering chef cookie and Chinese immigrant King Lu to explore the loneliness of an empty world and the excitement of finding some measure of companionship to chart the path forward. That's what the pair do by stealing milk from the only cow in the region to make cakes for settlers passing through. Um... Yeah, second bit, second greatest movie of this year, guys. <laughs> that was a real yawn. That was not a fake yawn, by the way. I mean, so no and no. All right, so that so this is the number one. So this is so far number this one. is the number two. This is the second best movie of the year. Number one, Lovers Rock by Steve McQueen. Have you seen this one yet? No, but at least it's Steve McQueen. Yep, and this one I'm really excited about. I. I, I haven't had a chance to watch all the small axe films that he made for um, Amazon. That's uh, but who I did heard small axe is Steve McQueen. Yes, the small axe is Steve McQueen. So oh, you need so to watch. Yeah. I'm going to be watching all of those. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was Steve McQueen that did small axe. I knew I was going to watch it, but now I'm going to watch it faster. All right, so that's the best movie of the year. Lovers Rock. I have not seen it. Um, Red Dick. But no, this is the one I attended. Ridiculous. This one I've, I attended to watch. Uh, no matter what, I just haven't had a chance because these are just being released right now. So. From that list, it tells it tells me a couple things. Uh, Nancy hasn't seen any of these. Nobody's seen these. Nobody I think when they mean everybody, it means a few critics, and uh, they, we're just really, really hurting. You know what the biggest movie of last year was, or biggest well, action movie? According to who? Everybody. Oh, box office. Oh, tell me. It's uh, Bad Boys Two, or Bad Boys Three. Was the biggest movie? Yeah, because it came out in January. Biggest action movie. So it made like 200 million bucks. They had eight weeks of competition. So they didn't have to fight anybody. Um, It was like, all right, yeah, here we go. It it was us and no one. Yeah, it was us and then Tenet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. By the way, just to be clear, um, in season 13 of American Dad, which I actually saw last night and it just jogged my memory, they were already talking about Tenet. They do an entire uh, Breaking Bad reverse, and they watch it in reverse, and then they decide to – there's a reverso contest that – all of this has been done. Chris Nolan, first he ripped off Inception from D- Donald Duck or Daffy Duck, one of the ducks, and now he's ripping Scrooge. off American Dad. What'd you say? Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, you go. You correct me every time. You're always right. No, I always know that one. That's one of the ones that I've seen that that, they, that he stole that whole thing from a Scrooge McDuck comic. Yeah, that was a hot. That was a hot comic back in the day. So yeah. You know what turned me on to that? Dane Cook told me about that. Uh-huh. I had no idea, and I was like, holy crap, that's real. Okay, first of all, those are awful. Second of all, here's what I think. I think that magazine, because we're talking about it, right? So they've won. And I think they got together and they're like, let's put the top 20 films by everybody and we'll put all the movies that no one's heard of and everyone will talk about it. Maybe. Or maybe that's... that's, I can think of. Supposedly, they were all ranked. That's the whole crazy thing. Supposedly, that's the ranking by, like, like combining everything from IMDb. I... I don't doubt it because there just haven't been a ton of movies that came out. But like, you know, when you start looking, there's a whole different one in uh, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, and and, and we can go through that later. But I just thought it was really interesting. I mean, if you're hurting for content, it turns out we haven't seen any of the best movies of the year. The best by everybody. All right. Is there is there another one? Because this is uh, is a real thing, huh? They're serious about this. Yeah, yeah. That's that, I I wanted to make see if it was a joke, but I'm uh I'm I you know I I would love to keep the show going, but I have to get to first cow. We're not done yet, are we? Are we done? Yeah. Like done, done. Yeah. We have no more time. No, we well with like a minute and twenty seconds. You keep talking, it'll be a minute. Well, yeah, great. But I was saying, like, is that there was no more news, right? No, no, there's no news for sure. This is what I'm saying. That, that we're looking down the barrel. Of this as we're getting toward Christmas and in our last minute for whatever it's worth. I mean, like. What, what do we do? Like, everyone wants to stop working. Like, like they have somewhere else to be other than home. Right. Well, what are we supposed to do? Watch what First Cow, guys. Do? Watch First Cow. I mean, I'm going to watch the Steve McQueen one. But, uh, first Cow? First Cow. I'm saying watch, for sure, Let Them All Talk. That is a movie that is by far something to be watched across the board. Okay. So, okay, here, I'll, I'll give you this one. What? Uh... Rotten Tomatoes, number one, is called His House. You watch that? His House? Yeah, so you haven't watched that one either. What about Crip Camp? Yeah, Crip Camp, I know. Have you seen it? No. That's I what I thought. It. Host. Have you watched Host? Horror movie? 
Um, I guess. That's yeah, the third really, one on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I don't really watch horror movies there, unless it's like freaky or something. I can't I go know. to bed yeah. with that kind of stuff in my and brain. And number four, Dick Johnson is dead. That's on both That's on both lists. Dick Johnson is dead is on both. Well, now I think I'm going to have to watch that. Now I think we have to watch Dick Johnson is dead. But I'm telling you, even this top 10, I haven't seen a single movie in um, Rotten Tomatoes top 10 for 2020 either. Okay, I'm going to have to look at that. Let's go through that on Friday, though, the okay. Rotten Tomatoes top 10, because that's also interesting to me. So, all right, this has been a fascinating show again. Uh, Natasha Chandel, I love, so thank you for being here. And Jason Smith, I always love hanging with you. So you everyone, too, brother. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dwarfman, I love you, everybody. Talk to you soon. Yeah.